This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. It's official. The High Court has ruled that Mayor Sadiq Khan's planned ULES extension can go ahead. I was a lawyer for more than 11 years. Uh, I've never seen a more one-sided judgment than I saw uh, today. But the issue isn't about, you know, the the judgment, the issue is about how we can support Londoners make the transition to having a city which has cleaner air. Five Tory councils have failed to have the proposed expansion ruled illegal and Mr Justice Swift said he was satisfied that the mayor's decision to expand the ULES area was within his powers. The councils had described the ULES expansion as a tax on living in outer London, where they said poorer public transport connections left residents much more reliant on cars, and Bromley councillor Simon Forthrop spoke outside the High Court after the decision. I hope that the, the outer London rises up against it. And it's, a, it's a matter for the people. People, you know, I knock on doors and people are opposed to this, and I'm sure that that will continue. According to Mr Khan, around 4,000 Londoners die prematurely each year from conditions related to air pollution, his main rationale for the scheme. The ruling means drivers in all London boroughs face a daily charge of £12.50 for driving non-ULES compliant vehicles locally, and data shows up to one in five cars and almost half of vans registered to an address in some outer London boroughs fail to meet the ULES emission rules. For petrol cars, that means those generally first registered after 2005 are exempt, while most diesel cars registered after September 2015 are also exempt from the charge. So what does this mean for eco-measures like the ULES going forward? And could the mayor alter the planned extension to help those affected by the cost of living crisis? Joining me now is our City Hall editor, Ross Lydell. So, Ross, a huge win for the mayor, Sadiq Khan, but ULES remains a divisive topic. How do you think this ruling will be perceived by the majority? Well, I think the first thing to see is that this is a comprehensive victory for Sadiq at the High Court. It does not necessarily mean that he's going to win next May when it comes to the mayor of the election. Uh, he may still be in considerable jeopardy over the implications of the ULES expansion politically, But on a purely legal basis, what he is doing has been judged today to be entirely within the law. He did not act beyond his powers 
and essentially he is in a very good place in terms of his sort of wider aim of cleaning up London's toxic air. So it's a big victory today, but the public will get it, say, you know, as a whole London-wide when it comes to the City Hall mayoral elections uh, next May. That's it. And just on his mayoral campaign to, to stay in the job, is this a boost for him at all in that campaign? I think it's a boost, but I think importantly, uh, if it had gone the other way, it would have been a huge blow because what it would have meant was probably if Sadiq had lost this case, it was highly likely he would then have to start the process again and reconsult Londoners. He'd either have to take the choice of whether to pause the expansion until a third term, assuming he wins next May, or probably more likely the indications were that he would look to restart the process and that would may have meant reconsulting all Londoners. That would be a process that would probably take him up until Christmas. And it would have meant not only that the issue would be in the forefront of people's minds, uh, really, as the sort of election campaign started to get underway next year, um, but it would have given uh, another reason for the whole ULES uh, controversy to be essentially brought back up to boiling point again. So while... This isn't necessarily going to ensure that he wins a third term. What he has done is avoid what would have been a very damaging defeat uh, had he lost to these five councils. But as it is, this is a good day to be Sadiq Khan. And as you mentioned, people of London will sort of vote with their feet, as it were, when it comes to the mayoral elections. But are there any statistics or any other polls among the public about ULES outside of the mayor's own consultation? Yes, there was a poll a few weeks ago by Redfield and Wilton, which essentially found there was a slightly higher proportion of respondents, and this was like a poll of London adults, a slightly higher proportion who favoured the ULS expansion than were opposed to. It was around sort of just over 40% in favour, just over 30% against. But interestingly, when respondents were asked a slightly different question, the preference there was for the ULES zone to retain its existing boundaries, which go up just to the inside of the north and south circular roads, rather than to be expanded at all, obviously, which now Sadiq has said he is going to do on August 29th this year, so only a, a month or so away. So in general, there is public support for the ULES. What it's also fair to say is that the ULES supporters have somewhat come to the fore in the last few days, Sadiq Khan received something of a uh, political kicking from his own boss, if you like, uh, the leader of the Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer, following the Uxbridge by-election. And after Labour failed to claim Boris Johnson's former parliamentary seat, Sir Keir Starmer made it clear that he blamed the ULS expansion for Labour's loss and he put the blame on Sadiq Khan, uh, something of sort of throwing the mayor under the bus politically, it might be said, uh, you know, eight days later, uh, Sadiq Khan has the backing of the High Court in terms of his ULES expansion. So he's uh, on the right side of the law and he often likes to say as well he believes he's on the right side of history when it comes to tackling London's toxic air. Let's take a break now. In part two, Ross discusses some of the criticism aimed at the proposed ULES expansion. So there's an ongoing and a valid argument that actually the ULES expansion is not necessarily the best way or the most cost-effective way to reduce toxic air in outer London. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And as you mentioned, the sort of pressure from Sakir Starmer with that statement that he made, as well as pressure from really people and businesses in the outskirts of London who have sort of pushed back against this. Is there any chance Sadiq Khan will make any alterations to the ULES scheme to make life easier for people? such as pushing back the start date or something like cutting the cost of the daily fee, even if it is on an interim basis? I think there's almost 0% chance that Sadiq will alter the fundamentals of the ULES expansion. Uh, He issued a statement within minutes of the High Court judgment coming through this morning in which he said uh, he was uh, delighted that he was now able to proceed with the expansion on August the 29th as planned. The charge, I am absolutely sure, will remain at £12.50 a day for non-compliant cars and vans. And I expect there to be no change in the emission rules in terms of the kinds of vehicles that are caught out by ULES and thus have to pay. It's worth remembering, of course, that around 9 in 10 vehicles seen in outer London already comply with the ULES and thus don't have to actually pay the levy. What Sadiq will do, though, is that he's expanding the uh, sort of entitlement to apply to the scrappage scheme next week. That will include, for the first time, people who receive child benefit. So the scrappage scheme has £110 million designed to help low-income Londoners, charities and small businesses to essentially upgrade their car or van to avoid the ULS charge. The grants will thus be made available to a wider pool of people. However, it's worth remembering that this will just essentially... Uh, sort of scratch the surface because probably more than 200,000 people will be entitled to apply to the scrappage fund, but it's likely that it will only have enough money to pay out grants to around 30,000 applicants. And with big rulings like this, they do tend to sort of set a precedent when it comes to future similar cases. What precedent does this ruling now set for councils when it comes to schemes like this further afield across the country? Well, I think it's fair to say that the five councils, there were four Tory-led London boroughs and also Surrey County Council, have uh, gone away with rather a sore bottom today. They've had rather a legal spanking in terms. Reading through the 18-page judgment, there's not a lot that the councils can take out of this in terms of well-argued position or having come close it's really quite comprehensive victory for the mayor. So there's not a lot in the judgment that would give any sort of sense to councils outside London looking to challenge other clean air schemes that this would be an easy job. You know, these councils have spent in the ballpark of around £500,000 of taxpayers' money bringing this challenge. It's thought highly unlikely at this stage that they will mount an appeal. There's no obvious legal issue at stake here because they would need permission to appeal to the Court of Appeal. They can't just choose to do it themselves. So in terms of setting a legal precedent for other 
councils looking to challenge other cleaning schemes. There's not a lot of good news within the judgment. Uh, that's not to say that won't happen. Other schemes will have been set up under different rules. But in terms of London, what Sadiq has done here with Transport for London has been ruled to be lawful. And obviously, Sadiq champions the clean air impacts of ULES. Cynics have called the scheme a bit of a money grab by the mayor. And we know how desperate TfL is for cash at the moment. Does that assessment have any merit? To a degree, you know, I think it's unfair to say it's a money grabbing scheme. By law, it is not allowed to be set up for the primary purpose of raising money exactly in the same way as the congestion charge has to tackle congestion, not simply look to raise money for transport for London. They can raise money as a sort of byproduct, if you like, or as a sort of side effect, but that cannot be their primary legal purpose. Otherwise, they would be ruled illegal and not allowed to happen. It is the case that the ULES expansion is likely to raise around £200 million a year for the first couple of years for Transport for London, money that will then be reinvested in public transport schemes, in particular more bus schemes in outer London, such as the Superloop Express buses. Where the Mayor and Transport for London are weak, though, is on the effectiveness of the ULES expansion in actually tackling toxic air. An independent report commissioned by TfL last summer as part of its consultation made clear that the reductions in nitrogen dioxide and soot particulates will be marginal at best. So there's an ongoing and a valid argument that actually the ULES expansion is not necessarily the best way or the most cost-effective way to reduce toxic air in outer London. It has worked in central London and in inner London, uh, but by TfL's own reports, it's only going to have a marginal benefit on outer London. And after the ruling, Bromley councillor Simon Forthrop said they have more options to fight the ULES rollout. What other legal routes can they take now? And can you see this saga continuing or coming to an end? Yes, one or two of the councils suggested that the battle was not yet lost, but it's quite hard to see what they're pinning their hopes on. You know, one of the council leaders indicated that they hoped that Parliament might intervene once MPs come back from their summer holidays again. You know, whether they could do that quickly enough, because by then the ULES will already have expanded. And that seems rather fanciful because that then would go to the heart of devolved powers. You know, even though the mayor is doing something that not necessarily everybody likes, it's another argument in itself and one that the Tories may not actually like to pursue, that they would look to take away powers from the mayor, especially if they want to have a Tory mayor at City Hall in a year's time. So I think it's uh, something of a uh, hopeful or over-optimistic suggestion that uh, there may be further battles ahead ahead, or any possible chance in reality of halting or reversing the US expansion. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back on Monday afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now 
wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.